0: Okay. Hi everybody, I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. I've been doing a series of webinars during the pandemic, and I'm hoping that we're looking at the light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccines rolling out and the weather improving, and hopefully things will start to get back to a little bit more normal. Um, In the meantime, we're gonna keep doing webinars, and I have guests lined up for the rest of April, and we're working on May, so stay tuned. We might drop back to three a week. It kind of depends um, because as the season gets busier, Uh, I'll just have to see if I can wrangle my guests. That's kind of really the issue. but um, the other thing I want to tell you about is that right now the effortless rider free workshop is open. So if you go to horseclass.com and go to the effortless rider free workshop, you can sign up and there's four fantastic videos that are going to help you riding. People have already been putting in lots of great comments and I respond if there's a question in those comments, but people are really loving the information and really benefiting from it. So make sure you go to horseclass.com, sign up for the free workshop, the effortless rider and, um, and if you put in a something in the comments there, I'll probably chime in and give you an answer. Um, today, my guest is Jenna Kudsen, right? Knudsen, right? Knudsen. Knudsen, is that a, like a, I'm gonna to have to ask you about your name because it sounds very Pennsylvania
1: Dutch. It's Danish and it's actually Holtz Knudsen, which is too long in America. So when my dad moved here from Denmark, he chopped off the Holtz and now it's just Knudsen.
0: Oh wow, okay, Jenna Knudsen. Well, it's so fascinating to to learn things like that, like where we come from and what's happened to our names. You know, everybody tries to put a K at the end of mine because that's the American version of Murdoch, but my dad was Scottish and he came over when he was three. So I have the original Scottish with an H version. Um, but that does kind of sometimes get a little funky. I'm sure your name can sometimes have those kind of things too.
1: Absolutely. My kids say it's a curse. (laughs) I I hyphenated their last name because I wanted my name to continue with them. And now they both tell me, mom, it's so hard in school. It's so hard on our passport. I'm like, la, la, la. Yeah, I know. It's, you know, it's, it's a challenge
0: sometimes, but you know, I mean, that's the thing um, I've talked to you about Dr. Feldenkrais and his name is clearly a difficult last name and yet that's his method and that's his name and so you know those are our names they are the things that identify us and they have history and family and so it's really important um so that said jenna tell us a little bit about you like like we're going to talk about coaching and i have many questions about that but how
1: did you wind up here like where did you start and and, uh... okay so i'll try to be brief but it's kind of a juicy story how i got there so I grew up in Rye, New York, which is Westchester. It's the suburbs right outside of uh, New York City. I started riding when I was five. My dad rode, his dad rode. We have a long line of equestrians coming over from Denmark. And then a few of my cousins got into horse racing. So the family kind of split in their riding. So I grew up in Rye. I had kind of like the back. What is it? Rye, New York? Rye, New York, down by New York City. Rye, New York, Playland, next to Scarsdale and Large. I Lawn. used to go to Playland as a kid. I'm from Stamford, Connecticut. Right, everyone knows Playland. It made my mother crazy when you say Rye, New York. They go, oh, Playland. Playland, and the and the, the they had a couple of different. They had a carousel, which was fantastic. Which but was then had really the... big with Tom Hanks. When Tom Hanks goes to the fortune teller guy, yeah. that's why Playland. That's the pier. Oh
0: wow! I didn't realize I that. Yeah. And then, of course, do you remember the um, now we're totally sidetracking, okay? But the they had the thoroughbred carousel with the
1: racehorses, with the racehorses, yes, and that was fantastic. And the Rangers, the ice hockey team, practiced at Playland Ice Rank. Oh, they did. I know none of you are interested in rye, but now we, Wendy and I have this connection. And no,
0: Playland was <laughs> like we would go as kids, and that would be the thing that was a roller coaster and the, the dragon coaster yes and the one what was it called something mouse month m- it had the little cart mouse, trap. mouse trap and it had the tight turns yeah oh yeah <laughs> so I you know it's so fascinating to to um, kind of how many of my guests I've had some kind of connection to where they have from or where they've lived um I guess you know traveling around so much you kind of kind of know all the other things but rye new york that's really that's a hoot And then what trace,
1: so your, your brothers that went into racing, was that youngers? Uh, No. So cousins of my dad's went into racing and their last name is Doyce D-U-Y-S. So if you look up female jockey Doyce. That's my dad's cousin, but that's a whole nother story in oh, wow. so that direction. I went into, you know, working. I, I was the family that I had to work for my lessons. I had to pay for, you know, I was the braider at three o'clock in the morning so that I could be in the show. That was my deal, which was totally fine. Now, so, what stable did you ride at in Rye? At Stratford Stables in Connecticut. And then I went to Sacred Heart in Greenwich, Connecticut, Convent of the Sacred Heart, because I thought yeah. I wanted to be a nun, which is a whole different oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's many, that's what I'm saying. There's many stories, I, but it does all lead to coaching in a very weird way. I, I did, I wanted to be a nun, And it was because I met this 18 year old nun who was beautiful. She rode horses, she played the guitar. Like, I just thought, I want to be her. Sounded like the singing nun, do you remember that show? Correct, I wanted to be the singing nun. I didn't really get it. And then boys and horses entered the picture and I was like, maybe I don't want to be a nun. So then then I went back to regular school and I rode all through high school But then when I went away to college, I moved to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I went to University of Miami and horses just kind of fell out of my life. It was just this weird school took over, everything took over. And I definitely remember feeling an emptiness in my heart. And I always thought, I'll get back to horses, like someday, somehow. And then you get in a career. I was a wedding planner. I had the best job. Oh my gosh. I just loved wedding planning. And then I sailed, There's I so many out. movies in your story here. There really are. I married my high school sweetheart, which did not work out. So we got divorced. Then I married the father of my children. We're divorced too. I'm, I'm not a quitter. I keep trying. But I'm friends with everyone. So that's okay. Um, but the father of my children, we sold everything we owned, bought a sailboat, and went sailing for two and a half years which was an amazing, an adventure. So that was a whole lifestyle. Then we came back. Then when we got divorced, this is where the story actually veers into coaching. When we got divorced, everything went sideways. And I really, I went from like driving a Volvo, having monogram towels and a horse. I finally got my horse farm. Like my life looked like an L.L. Bean catalog. I had it all supposedly but I wasn't happy. So the picture was like Facebook perfect, but behind the picture was just a lot of dysfunction and unhappiness. So I got divorced and I lost everything, Wendy. I lost my horse farm. I did not get any child support. It's very complicated. None of that matters. How what old were your children at the time? One in three. Oh. So they were, they were little. Tiny. They were tiny, but I thought to myself, like, I'm educated. I'm a powerful woman. I'll get a job. I can do it all. Like you really turn into superwoman and you think you can do it. So I did get a job. I did all of that. I built up working for a company. So I was not in charge of my own business. I worked for a company, was going fantastic. And then because of corporate greed, everything fell apart. So twice in my life, I had total devastation, like seriously, losing a horse farm in a foreclosure. I got my car repoed three o'clock in the morning. You know, my kids and I lived in squalor. I had such epic failures. at the time I thought, what is wrong with me? Like why am I attracting this? But what happened that the last company that I worked for, I was so passionate. It was a health company and I helped women find their own individual path to health. And I just loved it. Like helping people transform their lives just lit me up. It kept me up at night. I love to research. I love to hear their stories. I mean, I thought this is my path. And then when it all went sideways, I thought, how could something so good go so wrong? But it's because corporate greed, greed is never good ever so the women that knew that the company went under contacted me privately and said will you still coach us and i thought huh coach like i had never been called a coach before you're a consultant or a rep but i was too scared wendy i had little kids i thought i needed a job so there's that whole like my heart was entrepreneurial but I was afraid I had to feed my kids. So I went and I got my insurance license because that's safe. And anyone who has a job, I'm not downing a job. It just wasn't for me. I got well, my I mean, ins- You're not downing work. You're just downing right. Work. You're like Right. And that's a totally different, <laughs> completely different thing. Um, But I did what was practical so this all relates into my coaching because I really understand like it doesn't work for everyone to say quit your job go for your dream it's just I've lived it there's other ways to do it. So I worked insurance which kind of sucked my soul every day, but a little bit at a time I worked on my dream, which was coaching these women. And so they were my side gig, like at night I coached, at night I researched, I was, you know, I really got into it. And slowly the dynamic shifted to where my coaching was getting bigger than my insurance. And at a certain point I thought, now I can take the leap. And I took the leap and I was a full-time coach. You know, and and I I have to
0: stop you here because this is something that I think is so important for people to realize that people who are entrepreneurial don't just simply jump off the cliff and think that the the new thing they're going to is going to save them and be there mm-hmm. there is there has to be a sort of a give and take and sort of the yin and yang and the balancing of what you do to keep yourself alive and fed and able to then work on this because you know I waited tables for years mm-hmm. um, and that's what I did to supplement while I was Developing my team practice and then my centered writing practice. But, you know, it, it's, um, it, it, I think so many people, when they see someone who's successful in creating their own business, think that they just one day snap their fingers and it was instantly there. And they don't necessarily recognize the, the, the um, transition, if you will, into that, which can be a longer period or a shorter period, depending on,
1: you know, a number of factors and what happens in life, right? Absolutely, and all of it. So what's interesting to me, like so many epic failures happen and there's so many parts of the story that I'm gleaming over cause they're just too dark. Like you don't need to know every dark little detail, but i had such epic failures you know i fell into depression over it i had such anxiety about how i was going to feed my children i actually stole from a grocery store and i want you to know while all this was happening i was driving a red bmw that got repossessed i was pta mom i helped at my kids like i was the perfect picture going through life but behind it all i was a big fat hot mess like it was horrible So what that gave me, but I didn't know it at the time was such empathy for meeting people where they're at to help them get from any place to where they want to go. And that's why I'm an excellent coach because I'm not, I've, there's not one program that everyone can sign into and you're going to be a success. It just doesn't work that way. But I had to go through such epic failure to get to where I am. But now as crazy as it sounds, I'm so grateful that I had such big failures because they helped me understand.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And for you, it was failures. For me, it was injuries. So, you know, when the horse flipped on top of me, broke my hip socket and, you know, I was in the hospital, it was the traumatic injury. And so I can relate if any rider comes to me and goes, oh, I broke my neck yesterday. Like, yay. (laughs) You know, not say that you broke your neck, but no problem. I can help you. Um, And I think that, you know, we we need in order for someone, in my opinion, to really be good at what they do, they have to have experienced the thing that they are then Showing people, you can't just sit here in a in a theoretical world with just um, you know book knowledge or and, and think that you can relate to the person who is struggling, who is you know um, having difficulty. I, I think there's it's so important that your life experience, like my life
1: experience, is the is the grist for the mill. It's Absolutely. what makes us good at what we do. It's so true. I thought when I interviewed you and I heard about your injury, I thought this is so similar, but, and what really helped us both was mindset. So that's really what caught my imagination because my mindset, when all of it was happening was not like, Oh, great, more crap. I'm going to just use this for personal growth. Like that's not usually how it works, but my mindset was always one step forward. So in my darkest hours, and I I come across this a lot with women, in my darkest hours, I, I made little plans, little goals. And I teach that a lot in my coaching. If you feel stuck, don't go for the huge dream in that moment because that just makes you feel overwhelmed or I'm never gonna get it. Small steps get that feeling of momentum and like, I can do this. So Okay, so now I, I, I'm going to stop you here again. Nope. And before we go
0: further, define for me coaching versus, um, you know, uh, trainer versus, because we have all these different words that are similar, but I, I don't think that I totally get
1: the, def- the differences. Right. So the main two things that are compared are coaching and therapy. People get it a little confused and it is different. And even, and teacher, teachers not normally with coach but if you just take coaching and therapy. So coaching is a person who can absolutely see and believe in your highest potential and have, it takes trust, it's a teamwork. So you have to click with your coach. If you don't click, that's not normally a good match. Your coach sees your highest potential, you set goals together and then you work together through whatever system you work out with your coach through accountability, through um, finding what works, sustainable practices and your coach helps you get from wherever you are to wherever you want to be. It's a very forward moving um, personal growth development. Whereas therapy is more about why do i do this you know what caused me to feel this way it's more digging up emotions and looking at the past coaching sometimes it gets a little therapy in it because we do dig into your habits and to you know how you got to be that way but it really the big thing wendy is coaching is about moving you forward getting you from a to b getting your life on a trajectory that makes you feel happy in your everyday life. And how is that different from consulting? Consulting is more, consulting is me having expertise and I consult you and I download on you my expertise and tell you, Wendy, in your company, I think you should A, B, C, I'm consulting you. As a coach, I really am a great question asker. I believe in my heart that your answers are inside of you. So I'm not your guru. I'm not here to give you answers. I'm here, I'm very intuitive. It's part of why I can be a good coach. I can feel you, I can feel your fears. I can feel your confidence, but I ask questions so that you actually come up with the answers because me giving you the answers for you isn't authentic. Like it's, it's just my thoughts but if you and i like i love my clients so much like i'm so just in love with their lives they know that they can trust me so we talk on deep topics but sometimes you get into these magical conversations where you ask the right question and you see your client's face light up and they're like oh my god that is what i'm gonna do and see you facilitated that, but you can say
0: facilitation not. is the word that is kind of coming up for me is right. is, is is
1: um yeah, go ahead because that's facilitating true inspiration and someone it's like letting someone's soul come to the surface. I'm really helpful at that. I'm of course I do accountability. And so where the coaching, I'll go back to the coaching. So I started in health coaching because I love health. And I feel like when your body is in optimal health, everything is possible. Like it's just such a great starting place. But after maybe six years of that, I was a little like, should I keep doing this? And then I attracted to me all of these New York city women who were moving to the country and wanted a new identity. They wanted to start new businesses and now they wanted to be farmers. And so a few years that was super exciting of helping them recreate themselves because how fun is that? But after doing that for a few years, one day my daughter said to me, mom, are you just sick of coaching? And I said, no, I'm not sick of it, but I don't know, I'm just feeling antsy. And she said, why don't you do what you do, but only for equestrians? Those are your people. And I said, honey, because that's not like a real thing. And she said, if you do it, it will be. <laughs> and I was like, you're a freaking genius. So I basically- How old was she when she told you this? It was like 10. I was going to say, the to house her, and house of honey, babes. Right. To her, it was just like, mom, get a How new is, business card. Business. So that's what I did, Wendy. And it it took off. It was amazing. But then what happened? So I did exactly what I did, but only for riders. But Barnes would hire me and I would go barn to barn to barn, you know, doing workshops and vision boards and all this great stuff. So while you're there in person, everyone's super inspired and writing down their goals and, you know, loving it because good energy begets good energy. But then you'd leave, go to the next barn, and about three months later, the instructor would call me and say, Jenna, everyone was great while you were here, but now three months later, everyone's fallen off, they're not sticking to their habits, can you come back? And I thought, well, I can't just keep, I don't want to be on the road, that's not my goal. I get that I came up with, a, I thought, what tool can I give everyone? That's like a piece of my heart all the time. And that's how I came up with the planner. Because I've always been a paper planner person. And there's something magical about writing more okay, than- now, You have to tell us about this planner, because this is the first time we're hearing about it. So what is this planner you're talking about? Okay, so the planner is a tangible, old-fashioned paper Oh, you're planner. the one who made this. Yeah, no, this is me. Okay, because, all right, so I have to give the backstory
0: to everybody. So when I was uh, in Costa Rica with Callie, so Callie King and I have done retreats in Costa Rica as part of the Effortless Rider course, and of course, we stayed together in the slower house, and she would that, that, pull that up again. She would have this fat thing that she drug around, and all I could think of was, how much weight is that in your bag? <laughs> you know, because, you know, she had all her camera equipment and everything else, and she had this planner, and um. So I was always like thinking, wow, that thing's heavy because I'm always looking at my bags are always heavy when I travel. There's two bags, seventy pounds. I don't know what I'm going to do when I go back to flying because if I I've lost my status on the on the planes, oh, right? right? I think I don't know what they've. Done. No,
1: they have to give you the status. They have to package. because I need my three bags. Okay, I can't live without three bags when I fly. Well, I I would give up underwear before I would give up room for my planner. So yeah, so tell us how you you. Okay. So you got inspired because you didn't want to keep going back over and over and over to the same barn. So you sat down. That thing is so fat. So where did you start now? Okay. So this is how it didn't start out like this. So this is our seventh year of the planner. So year one, I think to myself, you know, the barns are calling, how can I help these people consistently? I thought, well, maybe I'll, you know, do a webinar and send it to them. I'm like, no, no, no. And I thought, what do I do? Cause it always comes back to what works. I love practical things that work long-term, not like quick fixes. I'm not a fan of diets. I'm not, I like sustainability. So I thought, well, I use a planner, but I use like, you know, the Walmart version, nothing pretty or special. What if I made one just for riders? So that's not as easy as you think. I did not know. Publishing, I learned so much in the publishing world, it would make your head spin. Oh, I've written uh, three books, honey. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, but for mine, things like it's time sensitive. So they're like, well, to make it affordable, you have to order 5,000 of them. I'm like, well, what if the 5,000 don't sell? Well, then Jenna, you own them. So if you're new to that whole world of publishing, you're like, but- I'm so committed to my my mission, which is to help as many equestrians as possible live lives they love, that it was ne- it's never been about the money as long as I could pay my bills. So I invested in the planner. Year one, I sold 15 planners. <laughs> and you had how many printed? I, right. That year I had 250 printed. So I didn't understand Facebook market. Like So marketing's not my thing. That's why I love working with Callie, because she has a team. I just want to coach. I just want to help people. I don't want to do all that other stuff. So that was year one. So basically the people who got it were that was the barn that asked for it. I gave it to them. But you can't keep a good thing down. So that's, you know, when I help people build their dreams, I say to them, stay true to like the legacy part of it. You know, of course, practical, you have to feed your family but stay true to what if after I only sold that many, I thought, well, this is a failure. I'm not doing it anymore, you know? So year two, I think I was up to like 200 planners, year three, so then there's a quick fun story. I won't go on about it, but I thought, what if I aligned myself with someone bigger that could help me get this out to the world? So I went back and forth with Smart Pack, and it's a super long story, but the woman who said yes to me got fired. I did a 12 hour drive to meet them and the new people were like, we don't want your planner. It's not a supplement, it's blah, blah, blah. And I was about to cry in this very corporate meeting because I'm like, but the other woman. And so as I'm leaving, another woman came out and was like, you know, I think it's a good idea. Can you stay and let me talk to your boss? And after all this stuff, I got in the smart pack world. So, this the planner is sold in Smart Pack, and that just elevated the whole deal. And so that was year two and three. You know, I, I have to
0: say, I, I've done cold sales a uh, long time ago, but you know, walking into a corporate type of environment or working, you know, even meeting with a corporate type person, it's such a different experience than what we're used to on a day-to-day basis. They're, they're wow. cut and dry. They're all about the numbers. They're all about the profit margins. It's, it's such a different thing. And when you're doing something from your heart that you, because you, you love what you do and you wanna help people, it, there's always this just sort of, uh, what's the word for it? It feels like a knife.
1: well you're spot on because in that so just picture a huge oval table everyone's very corporatey and there I am in my smart equestrian little gear and they're asking me about profit and loss sheets and I'm thinking oh my god if they knew that I like lost five thousand dollars because I don't know what I'm doing I was all about you know you love happy horse healthy horse, happy rider, this could be part of the happy rider. We'll help equestrian, you know, I had this whole big passion speech, and they were like, what are your numbers? Yeah, exactly. They, they don't want to know anything about what
0: you're, the, the product is so irrelevant to the profit. Correct. And it's, it you know, it's, I think that this, you've said two things that are really important. One is that we, we aren't all able to do everything. And the, you know, in my business with Surefoot, like learning that marketing is completely different than sales, which is completely different than, you know, uh, presenting, pro- you know, it's, these are all different buckets right. and you are not all the best at all the buckets. Um, and yet without certain buckets, it doesn't go. It doesn't go. I mean, how many people, and you know this, how many people have a fantastic idea and, and actually build an amazing product that winds up sitting on the shelf because they haven't figured out the next piece of how either getting the person who can market it or how to do that themselves. And you know, this is where so many great ideas languish and I'm sure that there's people watching that have had great ideas or seen someone with a great idea and then watched it not go anywhere because we can't seem to figure out that piece either by getting somebody else to do it or figuring it out ourselves. And they're so completely different. And typically the person who's passionate about one thing is not necessary. They don't have the other skills.
1: Right. Right. So I guess I'm a great example of that. And it's not, so moving forward from there, I got my foot in the door at Pack really by the grace of that woman. Like my passion struck something in her So that year that, so each year, like a little thing happened that kept pushing me forward. But meanwhile, my clients were all building. So that was like my energy. And this was my passion project that I just kept eking forward. Right. So then the people who had the planners would call me and say, you know, how about this? And how about that? Can, can we do coaching with you? And it got overwhelming because here I was, I didn't want to travel, but I also didn't want to be at my desk doing zoom. I did zoom calls years before all this Zoom Mm. craziness started, but I, I wanted freedom so I could ride my horse and be at the barn. And so I thought, how can I create this? I wasn't a huge Facebook fan at the time, but then it's like, I think in the shower or something, I was like, I need a community, I need an empowered community of plan and that's how so year four I started Smarties, which is the smart equestrian community for people with planners. We are now 900 strong these women and men from all over the world visit each other support each other buy each other's products and our common denominator is we're all using a planner. So I coach inside and it's free. It comes with your planner. I coach in there every day. It's where I can say something once and everyone hears it. So it's a beautiful thing. So that's where technology is like dear to my heart. And, it, and it, it's using it in a smart way. And I think that this is, uh, and I
0: also need to say that learning to use it in a smart way isn't something that you just discover overnight. No, um it's something. You there are some mistakes there too. <laughs> you go through the yes, absolutely a fail. Scrape yourself off the ground. Come back. Try a different oh and fail. Scrape yourself off the ground. And it's it's finding the 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 sort of the thing that nicks. Like I have the fans of Surefoot group, and when I first started fans of Surefoot, it was small, and I spent an enormous amount of time on fans of Surefoot, answering questions and supporting people. And then as I've been able to build out support systems like the webinars, which have been fantastic, right? Then there's more information, but the best thing that happens and this is where Facebook is great. I mean, Facebook is sort of a love hate relationship for me because there's parts of Facebook. I always say that Facebook gives you advice you never (laughs) asked for. (laughs) So good, yeah. Um, But with fans of Surefoot, People can go there and ask a question, and somebody around the world is awake and answers the question. And so, the community that you can build on Facebook is truly amazing. Um, and so, let me just um, somebody's just saying persistence must be your middle name. Wow, this is incredible story on so many levels. Um, and and it, you know, I, I again, you and I, uh, our stories in many ways are similar. Um, in the trial and error, the, you know, experiencing complete catastrophe, and then scraping yourselves off the ground and doing it again. Um, and some people would say, wow, you guys are nuts.
1: <laughs> well, we are horsewomen. So right there, we're a little, you know, <laughs>
0: yeah, but, but it is, it's, uh, following the passion. It I think is. it's what, when I listen to your story, I hear so much passion about what you're doing for others. And I think that that's the, um, when we, when we really do discover what makes us tick in terms of what brings us joy, what, um, what is, uh, sus- well, not sustainable so much, but, but can, uh, what's the word for it? You know, it keeps us going. Like right. it, coaching keeps you going on a daily basis. You get out of bed and yeah, there might be a hundred fires you have to put out, but you're still
1: driven to do the thing that you love to do. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, so the planner is attainable for everybody. Like not everyone can do private coaching or it's just not in their world, but a planner and then the community to have a group of people around you that are all positive energy support your dreams like we don't realize that I only allow that into my world I've really sort of gotten over the last decade most toxic people out of my life but for a lot of people that's the reality like you'd be amazed how many people just live in toxic situations Mm -hmm. so to have a place that you can go even if it's online where all these women care about your dreams care about what you're doing with your horse. You can talk ad nauseum about your new halter. I mean, you could, you were just like pony campers. Our hashtag is 12 forever, because when you, get, <laughs> when you get women talking about horses, we become 12. We're all like, yeah, yeah. And then what happened, you know? And get us around a campfire talking about our horses and, you know, it's all over. But that's like, that sisterhood, that energy is what I love. And they're, um, so, so then, I'll change the story. So I'm doing this on my own for well, many
0: years. Before, before you change the story, and yeah. I don't want you to forget that piece. Okay, but, I won't. Just remind me, Callie, if I don't. If okay, I don't. no problem. I can remember that. Would you mind opening randomly opening your planner to a page and showing us an example? Sure.
1: So the beginning of your planner are blank vision pages so that you create visuals of why you do what you do in your daily life. Because to me, life is so much more than a running to-do list. It is a vision, like what do you want your life to look like? And so these pages excite me. And so before I look at that I have 50 errands to run, I look at these pages and I think, right, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. So those are the first pages. The second pages are yearly goals, written down in different areas because you're so much more likely to hit a goal to achieve it if you break it down and write it down just having it in your head is not always the best part now this year horse class joined the planner so there's so there's a huge section that's all callies that's all about riding because see that's the piece that i didn't bring to it i have zero um authority to tell anyone anything about horses or riding. I'm a personal growth coach. So I've been looking for, how can I give them the riding piece? So horse class is in here. And then after that, it turns into every month you break down your yearly goals into what you'll do that month, but it's all related to your horse, your riding, your health. And then on the daily part, the two pieces that are most important to me is every day you set an intention and every day you practice gratitude. And then there's, what are you doing at the barn today? um, Your fitness, your priorities. So your planner says to you every day, Wendy, you said this was important. Are you doing this? You know, It's about who you want to be in the world, not just did you pick up eggs at the grocery store?
0: You know, this is so, so it, it, so reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Franklin day planner, which Franklin day planner uh, years and years ago, I got a Franklin day planner and there's like a whole series of at that time cassette tapes that you had to listen to. And you were required to carry your day planner with you everywhere you went, including the bathroom for 21 days to create the habit of always having your day planner. And it worked for me for many, many years until I got more involved on the computer and then the day planner. I didn't transition well from the physical version to the electronic version and it just weighed too much. But I have a friend and she still cuz she had a special leather tooled case made for her day planner. Most so, people do for this too. Yeah, they um but the the thing that resonates when when you're talking about yours is it's this it's the same idea of taking a moment and actually think about what is what is it that you want your life to look like mm-hmm. and and actually spending a little time and you know I, I, I as i'm listening to you i'm thinking i don't know what i want my life to look like in 10 years other than I'm, you know I, i'm not working so hard but <laughs> right and that's it's not clear to me um, what i want my life to look like in 10 years at this point you know i've had other times when it's been very clear what i want it to be um, Right. Uh, But also that piece about gratitude and that, um, you know, there's so much information now about resonance and attraction and manifestation and visualization, and that it's not woo-woo. We have mirror neurons in our brain, which is why one of the lessons coming up on the workshop that I've got is my favorite, Um, because we have mirror neurons in our brain that If we see something, do something or visualize something, we're activating those mirror neurons, which are making patterns. And so, um, so much about the physical um, action of physically writing is, is that kinesthetic piece that helps lock it into our brain. Like there's real science behind the action of writing, the action of visualizing, the actions of goal setting, the actions to create attraction. And so it it sounds to me like what you've done with this day planner, by targeting it specifically to riders, you know, Mike Franklin day planner was great, but I, it didn't have anything to kind of help me understand my equestrian goals. It right. had, it was very uh, business oriented, understanding those kind of goals. So this just sounds like it's great. I, I, I already, I'm thinking already, I wanna
1: send one to all my staff. <laughs> It's geared for our lives. Like, I mean, when you think about it, Wendy, equestrian lives are different than people who play tennis or golf. Or, I mean, not that they could have a planner too, but we are up at the crack of dawn. We have to be physically fit for our horses. Our financial obligations are huge. Like, your tennis racket is not eating you out of house and home. You know, like, we just have. It doesn't have vet bills. It doesn't have vet bills. But also, people who love horses, like, We get each other. We can look at each other's photos and ooh and ah for hours. If you're around people who don't love horses, it just becomes we're in a bubble. So to cater to our group, then to say, you know, like um, January is all health and fitness, you have. 800 people cheering you on to get your butt out of bed and do yoga. And, you know, and so now being bonded with horse class, we're promoting all the courses in there. So I signed up for your class, of course, because I want to do everything you do so that when I promote you and talk about you, it's authentic. I've done it all. I've been there at next, after next month, I'll have met you. So in person (laughs) one of one of our um one of our main things that we talk about in smartyville which is what we call it where we live in (laughs) facebook is equestrians uh, empowering equestrians like imagine a world where all you did was help lift up other riders in their business and their in their riding in their life i mean in the ring, many of us compete, not everyone, but many of us compete. It's a competition. I don't want competition. I want only support. You know, that- this, this, this leads me to the, something that, I, you know, I'm sure that you've seen and I've
0: seen for as many years as I've been in the horse world, horse people tend to be isolationists as opposed to community. Um, you know, if, if I ride a particular discipline, ooh, you know, that's like uh, either I'm special, I'm a DQ, or I'm one of those DQs, right? Right. Um, That it's a a fascinating study in psychology actually, how we all love the same beast. We all love a horse and yet we can get so um, um, isolated in our little tiny groups. And you see a lot of this type of dysfunction within barns, Um, codependency, uh, dysfunction, you know, um, pitting against each other, instead of cooperation. And and I'm so excited to hear what you're talking about, because building community, we all love the horse. And this is where Surefoot, what I love about Surefoot is, doesn't matter what color your horse is, doesn't matter what saddle you ride in, doesn't matter what you do with your horse, it's a horse, let's help mm-hmm. that horse. And so the more we can start to realize that community we can still, and there's a word, there's a great word called coopetition. Oh, that's great. Cool. Right? And that actually comes out of NASCAR, coopetition, because in NASCAR, when they're on the track, they'll need each other to drag, to get, t- you know, crap off their grill to, you know, right. be able to accelerate. But then at the end, they're going to, you know, they're going to race each other, but they're a family. And these people have their children and they grow up and that, you know, it's their life. And in riding, we need more, more, you um, community and we can have coopetition we can go to a horse show and compete but it doesn't mean you're going to destroy your you know your barn mate just because you know and that i it's so neat to hear that you're building this kind of community okay i've lathered on for a while
1: no absolutely it's the underlying theme so when smartyville opened four years ago on Facebook, I had 12 women and I was like a mother hen, just like you. 20 hours a day, we're (laughs) answering their questions, finding them information. I just love them to pieces. And now that we're almost, you know, we're 800 and something, you can't be quite as helicopter mom, but I love them all the same. But the one guarding factor is respect letting people have their opinions. I mean, we've had to ask a few people to leave because they were just drama queens and I can't have it. Like you, you have to respect what other disciplines are doing and we're here to support each other. I love different ideas. That's fantastic because you could open someone's mind to something, but you cannot be awful about things. It's just Right. So, yeah. It's not, it's not
0: useful, productive, helpful, or getting people to their goals. Correct.
1: Correct. All right. So tell us about, sorry, no, Kelly. Uh, okay. So the Cali story. So here I am, I've launched the smart equestrian. I love it. Everything's going great. Um, but I don't have the writing piece. It's all about personal development and I join and I suck at marketing. So I joined something called Jeff Walker. He's a guy who does amazing marketing and he's very heart centered business. So I was attracted to him. He's really about giving back and that that became one of my main goals. Give give back to horse rescue. So I travel, I think the first time I went to Florida, Texas, Phoenix. So at the third one, my partner says to me, There's another equestrian in Jeff Walker's world. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. He's like, no, watch her video. So before we leave, I watch her video and it's Callie. She's being honored because she succeeded, you know, to all these heights. And I'm like, I'm going to find her. I want to be her friend, a little bit stalkerish, but fun. I had good intentions (laughs) in my heart. So sorry, you stalked me. So <laughs> talk each other as long as you're normal in the end. Um, but we go to the convention and there's like 3000 people there. And so I, lo- I mean, it's just massive pre COVID, of course. And Doug looks at me and he's like, how are you ever going to find her here? And I looked at him and I just I was like, this is going to work out. I'm going to find her. She was standing right next to me in that moment. He looked at me and he was like, Jenna, turn around. And I turn around and there's Callie King. So I strike up a conversation with her. We're just, you know, because we're both into horses, it's easy. We end up sitting next to each other inside the conference. We get along, she invites me to dinner. So I told my partner, you're not coming, it's girl (laughs) horse dinner. You know, he's like, great, this is working out for me. So we strike up a friendship. We, nothing too, I mean, how much can you really stalk someone in one event? Then we come home, she invites me to Honeybrook, I go out to her farm. We're just good souls, we have a lot to talk about. And at the end of that first visit, she said, you know, somehow we should work together. We both agree, and then another year goes by. You know how that is, everyone's busy in their own world. Then she comes and stays with me here in Woodstock, New York, And we just get along so fabulously and i love everything she's doing she loves the planner and we say no this year we're going to do something together we still don't so this past year she was like jenna we're doing it and we just did it i'm part of horse class she's in the planner and the piece it's like a reese's peanut butter cup like it just fits together nicely um i love everything she's doing in horse class and it also opened me up to having a team. Like Julia is amazing. The things that I don't, the things I'm not good at, Callie and Julia are good at. So let they, me just
0: tell everybody who Julia is. Julia has been working with Callie, uh, wow, as long as I've known Callie. At least five years. It, it probably, years. Yeah, more than that. Um, and she, and she's sort of the, the behind the scenes person in horse class. She does, uh, she edited all of my horse class videos. She knows my work better than me.
1: I think right. she's amazing. She's yeah. genius. And she's a horse girl. So yeah. There's having a team opens up so many possibilities and I'm so grateful for that and then meeting you and me, like there's so many amazing horse people in the world and technology allows us to be together. Well and that's the you know the beauty of the pandemic for
0: me is it put everybody at home. <laughs> Right. right, So that I could like go, hey, you want to do a webinar? I'd really like to have you on the show. And, you know, and and I'm up, to, I think this is 189, maybe 109. That's amazing. I know, in a year, right? In a year. A year. year, a year. Um, That's great. And But there's so many people I would never have met had it not been for the pandemic. And so much information that I can, you know, impart to people through these webinars that people I've never met. But, you know, I mean, I, I hear stories about people going riding they're like, have you heard about those webinars? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, But it's just, it's so gratifying. And so, you know, I think it's, it's so much about looking at how we can utilize technology and teamwork. And I formed a team this year too, because, you know, I was drowning, literally drowning in all the work I have to do. Um, And it, and it is so, so, it's so nice because it's so supportive and you can bash ideas off each other. And if you're having a down day, you call up one of them and they're like, yeah, you know, and they kind of help you get back up again. And you know, I think that this is really where, when we think about, you know, where is it that we want to see the world go? It's it's in this direction of being able to achieve our potential. And that's what the Feldenkrais method is all about, is how do we achieve our potential? Um, and his approach of obviously is more through the body, right? Learning new possibilities of movement. But what I hear from you is it's more from the mind. It's the goal setting, the gratitude, the the looking ahead, the appreciating, and then recognizing that
1: there's others around to support us. Absolutely. Mindset is everything, Wendy. I mean, every experience, the same experience can happen to five people and five different outcomes will happen from it. So personal growth, I can't help anyone just meditate on a mountain and have their world be set really personal growth is that life is always going to be happening to you, at you, all around you, but you come to this centered, capable, confident place in yourself where you know that you can handle what comes at you. It's such a powerful feeling. It's just knowing that I determine how I'm showing up in the world. That's what intention setting is. Today, I have an interview for a job. So today, I'm showing up as confident. You're deciding at the beginning of the day. And then you do. You show up as that. And then gratitude, if people knew the real magic underneath gratitude, they would walk around saying thank you all day, which is actually a real thing. You can say thank you with every step. And after a few hours of that, you actually break down crying because you're so filled with gratitude that you're walking the earth like no day is guaranteed, no one knows when their day is up. So every day there are miracles and magic everywhere when you look at the world with eyes of gratitude and that alone changes people's lives. So it's pretty, it's miraculous. And then watching people achieve what they want, like when something clicks and they get it, there's not. it's like, it's such a high. It's such I was a, to say it's a buzz. It's a total buzz. And it's, I was put on this planet to help other people achieve their goals. Like that's my total purpose. I'm a hundred percent clear with it. I just show up for them as a conduit. Like, I'm going to help you get to where you want to be. And the only thing that I ask of them is that they share some of that goodness with other people. Because then there's this amazing positive ripple out there of giving and sharing and, you know. Well, and, you know, so many people it,
0: it experience adversity and look at how it puts them down instead of looking at adversity as to how it's going to lift them up. Right. If we don't have experiences, and this is, you know, I, I think about there's stories where, you know, children have been helicoptered so much and kept in houses that are so pristine that when they go to the petting zoo, they wind up with E. coli because they've been unexposed, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, the exposure is what gives us richness and depth and what gives us resilience and the ability to keep going. That without experiences, good, bad, and otherwise. I mean, not all experiences are great. I, I can think of the year that I lived in Australia as one of the most uh, um, painful in so many ways. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I was in this beautiful country and I stayed there for a year because nothing was keeping me home. And um, but the experiences weren't easy. They weren't pleasant. You know, the, the weather was beautiful. <laughs> right. So the outside looked beautiful. Yeah, I was in this gorgeous place, but a lot of turmoil inside. Um, But as a result of that, the the positive things that come out of it. So, you know, to me, listening to you, I I think one of the big messages I get is, is that we need to always kind of look at the glass from the other side and say, okay, this awful thing happened. How can I work that to my advantage or to my benefit or to recognize that this is an opportunity instead of something tragic. And it doesn't mean that the experience wasn't tragic. That's not, I'm not saying that at all, but we have to find ways of turning that into something
1: Right, so there was a lot in personal growth over the years that's changed a lot. One of the things I really stayed away from was like the smile and wave, oh, smile yeah. and fake it till you make it. I'm not a huge fan of that. I love realness. You know, really share what you're feeling But they're like exactly what you're saying. There are gems of learning and growing in everything. And I'm not saying while the manure storm is on you that you have to be like, I'm growing from this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to be honest about that. It's a lot of shit on your head. Be honest, exactly. (laughs) And have, like in our community, when I say that we don't allow toxic people, we allow venting. You don't have to be smiling Sally all the time. You know, realness is good, but don't stay stuck. Don't, you know, there, there's so many little nuances in personal growth, but like affirmations, if someone just keeps saying something day after day, but they don't believe it, it's actually hurting you. You're it's not real. So part of my coaching is helping people. Like if you're in a great place, it's much easier to get to an even better place. Cause you've got that good energy where I'm better, or I maybe more useful is when you're a little stuck that I allow you to baby step yourself out to a better, safer place. And from there you can, it's what you do in riding. Like if I had a traumatic fall, you're not gonna be like chop chop, we're jumping this three foot course, you know, so in, there's so much personal growth in riding. And that's why Callie and I thought the two would really mesh together because yeah. mindset and confidence, it all affects what we do with our horses, liberty and riding. Absolutely. And it, but it also, what you just said really keys
0: into, um, there's a fabulous book called Explain Pain. And it talks about when people get in chronic pain and you can supplant pain with fear. And when people get stuck in chronic fear and, um, so when I read that I, from the Feldenkrais world I have a very uh, good friend a trainer and she was in serious pain and to get herself out of pain even though she was a Feldenkrais person took a very long time but it was the baby steps and they were as simple as can I move my eyes right right it ha- it's that small. sometimes the the steps are so can I move my hand my fingers you know it, c- is my breathing happening? You know, those simple, just the awareness of the very basic things. And I think so many people think because, because we sort of live in the Cinderella world of, you know, we've grown up in that sort of, somebody's going to come and wave the magic wand and everything's going to instantly change and we're going to be, you know, married to the prince. That's not reality. Reality is little tiny steps that grow into little tiny steps that grow into more little tiny steps that start to collect into little groups of tiny steps but they're all
1: little tiny steps just more of them and also who you become who each of us becomes is that human potential that you mentioned in, in the beginning you're not you don't go from where you are to that human potential like one big purple pill human potential realize. That's the juiciness of life. And even when you reach that one goal and you're like, this is amazing. There's always more, mm-hmm. like that's the beauty. You know, I wish we would all stop trying to arrive and enjoy like mm-hmm. the, uh, the term, enjoy the process is, or the journey is so overused, but it's really quite true. You know, if, if you can learn to enjoy every day for that day in a bubble, that's how you love your life. It's not about the big trip to France, which could be great, or riding in Ireland, which I am so looking forward to doing. It's about doing practices every day that make you wake up excited and go to bed content. That's like a that's a great goal. A great goal is to wake up excited for your life and go to bed content, feeling that you're living on purpose.
0: That's that's really. Um... It's quite profound, actually. Very simple in concept, but really profound. It's very wax
1: on, wax off. Yes. yes. <laughs> Anyone who's in our age group knows, knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and if you don't, go watch Karate Kid. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> There's so much there. Well, Jenna, this has been really fun to get to know you more um, and kind of turn the tables because you did an interview with me the other day. So this is really fun. But again, it's, it's so interesting to listen to you because I can, I resonate with so much of what you're talking about. Um, And it, I think that it's, really important for people to realize that it is, it's these little things at a time. So if you were to give everybody like one thing today, today, they, they could do to, to
1: get themselves going, what would it be? One thing, start practicing gratitude, start, start looking. So this is like, make it a game, actively look around you and be grateful. And I mean, it can start as simple as I'm grateful. I have a house to live in oh, look, I'm, I'm grateful I have this water to drink. I'm grateful that I have a computer. You, we can retrain our brains to start looking for gratitude instead of looking for anything else. What do I have to do next? What's going wrong? I mean, so if you're waiting in line at the bank, you can either be annoyed that there's four people in front of you and the guy behind you is not six feet back. And so your brain's going there or you can be grateful that you're getting money out and that it's dry and you're not. So that would be start making gratitude and every moment practice and your life will change. That's awesome. I I definitely think I need to start employing that little skill.
0: Um, There are days when things get chaotic. (laughs) So that's great. Uh, So somebody saying, this is one of those webinars where I've wanted to comment about every sentence from both of you. I've had to use extreme self-control. I'm nodding, laughing, and talking out loud to the monitor. Not that I'm there with with all you've discussed, but I understand it, even though I haven't managed to live so much of what you've discussed yet. I feel inspired and encouraged. Thank you so much. And I think that kind of sums it up. Perfect. Thank you so much for writing
1: that. Thank you.
0: Yep. So thanks everybody for joining me. Uh, Tomorrow is going to be a Surefoot webinar with um, Marie Prudy. We're going to, she's got some great videos that we're going to look at uh, from some horses she's been working with. And just remember to go sign up for that free workshop at horseclass.com and, and, uh, otherwise have a great day. Thank you so much, Dennis. Thank a you pleasant. so much. Bye everyone. Okay. Bye.